Welcome to the Food Guides Podcast, a place where sufferers of heartburn, acid reflux, and more can learn from a community of dietitians and nutrition experts. Hello, Jason, and welcome everyone to the Food Guides Podcast. Today, we are going to feed your mind with an introduction to the low FODMAP diet. Irritable bowel syndrome is a symptom-based gut-brain disorder that affects as many as one in five Americans. It can dramatically reduce the quality of life in those who suffer from IBS, disrupting normal life activities and work productivity. It also has a serious economic healthcare strain, both personally and systematically. One of the most promising and effective treatments for symptom relief from IBS is the low FODMAP diet. The goal of the low FODMAP diet is to eliminate FODMAPs from the diet for two to six weeks, and then reintroduce the foods back into your diet to determine which of the FODMAP-containing foods may trigger symptoms. FODMAP is an acronym for fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. FODMAPs are foods that have been proven to be poorly absorbed by some people. So today we will briefly walk through the FODMAPs and provide examples of just a few of the foods that are associated with each of the FODMAP groups. So first we will kick things off with the F in FODMAP. The F in FODMAP is for fermentable and is really one of the core components of the triggers for symptoms in IBS because it's more of the process in digestion when you eat certain foods that creates gas due to your gut microbes breaking down the foods. This can include the O's in FODMAP, which is why you will see the F and O together in a lot of the FODMAP lists. The O in FODMAP stands for oligosaccharides, and oligosaccharides contain water-soluble fibers that cannot be digested or absorbed by anyone. This includes both galactins or galacto-oligosaccharides, which are also known as GOS, and fructans. So examples of high FODMAP GOS foods include beans, such as black beans, navy beans, pinto beans, lentils, and chickpeas. Examples of foods that contain fructans and are very common IBS triggers include garlic and onion, wheat, rye, and barley-based products, which all of those contain gluten, which is a protein found in wheat, and other high fructan foods, such as artichokes, pistachios, cashews, chamomile tea, and fruits, such as watermelon, nectarines, and white peaches. Next, the D in FODMAP stands for disaccharides. There are actually three disaccharides, sucrose, maltose, and lactose, but there's only one disaccharide out of the three that is a trigger, and that is lactose. Lactose is the natural sugar that comes from cow's milk. And in our bodies, we have an enzyme called lactase in our small bowel that helps break down lactose. People who are lactose intolerant, they usually have low levels of that enzyme lactase. So they have to be mindful of the amount of lactose they eat or drink. And as people age in general, we become more lactose intolerant the older we get. However, not all dairy has the same amount of lactose. In fact, even people with lactose intolerance are known to tolerate foods made with dairy, such as hard and ripened cheeses like cheddar, mozzarella, parmesan, and can eat cream cheese and butter, 
because the lactose content is so much lower than, say, a cup of milk. For example, one tablespoon of cream cheese has one gram of lactose when compared to a glass of low-fat milk, which has 15 grams of lactose. Foods that have a higher lactose amount, and a higher lactose amount is considered really anything over four grams of lactose per serving, include cow's milk, evaporated milk, and cottage cheese. Moving on to the M in FODMAP is monosaccharides. Again, there are technically three monosaccharides, glucose, fructose, and galactose, but only one that is noteworthy on the low FODMAP diet, which is fructose, aka the fruit sugar. I'm not saying do not eat fruit here. In fact, fructose is not only found in fruit, it's also found in honey, cane sugar, some vegetables, and has been added to many foods in the American diet through high fructose corn syrup. We absorb fructose best when glucose is present in the body, but one in three people have fructose malabsorption, which is just a regular part of a person's makeup. So it's not a cause for alarm. It's not an illness or disease. It just means that if you do have fructose malabsorption, there's a good chance that you're just absorbing fructose slower. So to avoid any increased adverse symptoms with IBS, you'll want to balance your foods so you have a good glucose to fructose ratio. Now this might sound confusing, so a good bottom line is to ration your fruit intake throughout the day, limiting yourself to a couple of hours between servings and to watch out for any foods that contain extra fructose. Foods that contain extra fructose include apples, pears, honey, high fructose corn syrup, and vegetables such as sugar snap peas. The last letter in the FODMAP acronym is P, which stands for polyols. Polyols are known as the sugar alcohols, but polyols also occur naturally in some fruits and vegetables. You will see these a lot in sugar-free items such as candy, desserts, cough drops, and chewing gum. And whenever they're used in foods as an artificial sweetener, they're actually required by law to state excess consumption may have a laxative effect. You can find these listed under the total carbohydrate section of the food label. Foods that contain polyols include mushrooms, cauliflower, prunes, and apples. And sugar alcohols that contain polyols are sorbitol, mannitol, maltitol, xylitol, polydextrose, and isomalt. So now that we have touched on what FODMAP stands for and some examples of the different types of foods that are in each FODMAP group, I'll break down the different stages of the diet itself. So there are three very important stages to the FODMAP diet. The first stage is a critical part of the FODMAP diet where you consume low FODMAP foods for two to six weeks, and this is called the elimination diet. The second stage is to slowly introduce FODMAP containing foods back into your diet over the course of two to three months. You will start by introducing one food at a time for one to three days at a time. This allows you to recognize if there is an adverse reaction that occurs from the reintroduction of the high FODMAP containing foods. Finally, the last stage is maintaining your knowledge of your symptoms and triggers and to follow your very own customized FODMAP eating pattern. Three out of four IBS sufferers 
who successfully follow all three stages of the low FODMAP diet will experience improvements in their symptoms. There are many resources on this diet that can make this dietary change a little easier. But here at foodguides.com, we look forward to providing you more in-depth information and assistance along the way. We have information, expert product recommendations, and recipes specifically for those who are interested in exploring the low FODMAP diet, as well as our IBS 101 series, which touches on some additional dietary and lifestyle management topics that should be extra helpful. And if you have acid reflux or GERD, we have information on those conditions as well on foodguides.com and on our social platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Food Guides Help. Thanks for listening to the Food Guides podcast. Please take some time to visit us at foodguides.com where you'll find articles and information along with food and product recommendations from our growing community of dietitians and nutrition experts. Thank you.